It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 8th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. I apologize for not having an episode yesterday. I um, During my day job, I, I was uh, working on election stuff, so I got home very, very late, was not able to record a show. Um, figured if I was going to take a day, that was the day to take, so I took it. Um, so I thank you all for your patience. I'm here today to recap the Magic's loss to the Detroit Pistons in 103-96 defeat over at the Amway Center. A loss that uh, I think Coach Clifford hopes is a bit of a turning point for the team, uh, especially with what he said after the game. We'll break down that, what he said a little bit after, and what the implications of that are, and, and whether he's right, which but yes, he is. He's right. He's definitely right about, about that and about uh, kind of raising the standard of the team. It's definitely been something that we've been thinking about here uh, here on the show and, and certainly on OrlandoMagicDaily.com for the last few uh, years, really, uh, but but certainly over the last uh, last few weeks as the season has begun. Before we get into any of that, though, I do want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Search for search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. You can find a podcast covering every team with excruciating detail, whether it's the Detroit Pistons, whether it's the Los Angeles Lakers, whether it's the Washington Wizards, the New York Knicks. That Those are the teams that are coming up on the schedule. You might have heard uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. There's a Locked On podcast for every single team in the NBA, uh, every single team in the NFL, Growing number of college teams, growing number of MLB teams as well. So definitely check that out. You can find that again on iTunes. Just search for Locked On and the team you are looking for. So, uh, you know, the question it seems like every time that the Magic step onto the court is, how are the Magic going to play? Um, you know, this is, a you know, we kind of have a sense of who this team is in that they are a young team. They are a young team. Let's... They got some veterans. They got some young veterans, but they're a young team. Still learning how to win. And, you know, when you have a team like that, inconsistency is part and parcel. The real trick, the real thing you have to learn is consistency. How to bring the same effort, the same attention to detail, the same focus every single night. And through the first 10 or 11 games, now 11, but the first certainly through the first 10 games, that has been the big story. How do the Magic bring the right attitude, intensity, attention to detail, all that stuff that they need to win? How do they learn it on the fly while actually going out and doing it? And Monday's game felt like a little bit of a breakthrough in that the Magic found a way to win a game uh, with impossible odds against them. But of course, it was a flawed game, and, and I think most people would point out that was a game the Magic should have won easier. And so Wednesday was another opportunity to play that way, to, 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 to show what they had learned. And unfortunately, Wednesday's game began to play out the same way that Monday's game played out. 
minus the result. Because you can't be perfect two nights in a row. You can't have perfect circumstances fall your way two games in a row. That's just not how this thing works. And so, a pattern has begun to emerge for the Orlando Magic. A disturbing one. One that, of course, we'll explore in a little further detail here in just a moment. But let's first talk about how this game unfolded. The Orlando Magic came out and looked fantastic, taking, I think it was a 31-15 lead, a 31-13 lead, something to that effect, in the first quarter. The Magic's offense, you could feel the confidence. You could feel the the emotion and the energy that that team was playing with. They really believed that they were turning a corner, and they looked that way. Uh, I thought uh, Evan Fournier was particularly aggressive and, and strong with the basketball. Aaron Gordon, I thought, you know, there, there were moments in this game where I thought to myself, Aaron Gordon looks like an all-star. He looks like he figured it out. And I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more when we go through the box score. Um, it, it, it does, to me, feel like something's clicked with Aaron Gordon, at least over the last three or four games, where he's playing the efficient way that the Magic need him to play, and that makes this team a much better team. And, and I think, undoubtedly, in this game, the Magic were better when Aaron Gordon was on the floor. Um, you know, still got some flaws, obviously. I don't think he's a perfect player at all, but... Um, he's playing some really good basketball right now, and then the Magic need to get wins to, to earn, uh, to, to reward that play um, and, and kind of reinforce those habits. But overall, the team played fantastic. Uh, they, they took a big lead. It looked like, you know, not that they would cruise to victory, but if they kept doing these right things, even if they had a little stretch where they struggled, their defense would carry them through until their offense woke up. But that's not what happened. The Pistons went on a run over the course of the end of the first quarter, the beginning of the second quarter, I think it was 10-0. That lead was completely gone by the middle of the second quarter, if not you know the early second quarter. The bench unit struggled a lot in a way that they struggled against San Antonio when the Magic lost a 26-point lead, and the way that they struggled against Cleveland when they lost a double-digit lead. Again, you can see it. A pattern is emerging that is not good for this team. We'll talk about that again in just a moment. That's called the deep tease. But the bench gave up the lead. Magic fought hard. I mean, I'll say I'll say this about the Magic, and I think that this is a fair thing to say about them. At least over the last five games, four or five games, which small samples, I know, and, and they haven't always shown this. Over the last four or five games, uh, certainly since the Clippers game, let's 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 put it there. The Magic have shown a willingness to fight. Like, you know, I think I think if the Magic would have given up the leads that they gave up on Monday's game and in Wednesday's game last year, they would have folded and they would have lost those games. They wouldn't have had a chance to win. But the Magic gave themselves a chance to win. They kept fighting. And guess what? Beginning of the third quarter, Orlando built their lead back up to double digits again. It looked like their starters came back in, restored control over the game. Magic looked like the better team. Honestly, the Magic starters were better than the Pistons starters. That's a team with... All-Stars and Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. And, and Andre Drummond played like an All-Star. Blake Griffin, not as much. The Magic were doing a lot of things really, really well. And I, I don't think there's any way around it. The Magic had control of this game. But like the first half, they gave that control up when the bench came in. And the bench really, again, struggled to generate offense. So so what what is going on with this bench unit? It's really, you know, I'll get into what's... What, Coach Clifford said after the game in, in, this, in the segment after the box score here. Um, but I, I do agree with Clifford. It is a lack of organization 
um, how uh, he he kind of defines it as being in the right place, knowing the plays, you know, attention to detail, and it is that. It's also this very passive play, I have to say. You know, outside of Terrence Ross, who had a fantastic game, outside of Terrence Ross, the Magic's bench players just don't seem like they want to score. They just seem unable to break down opposing teams and, and unable to kind of get the ball moving in a positive way. Now, the Magic throughout the third quarter, especially in the third quarter comeback that Detroit made, was extremely sloppy. Orlando with 18 turnovers. That's an uncharacteristically high number for this team. And the ball was, you know, being thrown around. And Detroit struggled to take advantage, but they did enough to take the lead and take a comfortable lead ahead of that, especially in the early fourth quarter. Orlando um, had a two-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, and then the offense just kind of shut down. Orlando, I don't think, scored a field goal for the first five minutes of that fourth quarter. Um, the Magic really relied heavily on their starters to get them back in the game after they fell down by, I think, as much as eight or nine points. Uh, and, and the Ma- Magic starters seemed game. They seemed ready to get him back. Aaron Gordon had a couple of really nice plays, had a really f- uh, good one-handed GM. There's some great passing from Gordon and Vucevic to Evan Fournier. Fournier was attacking off the dribble and getting uh, getting relatively easy baskets. The Magic offense was back alive. But Orlando was unable to stem the tide. Detroit missed a lot of open shots in the game, a lot of open three-pointers. That, that's been something that the Magic have gotten away with a little bit throughout the season. Uh, but they made them at the end, whether it was Stanley Johnson or Langston Galloway or at the very end, Reggie Jackson. There was no escaping it this time. The Magic, despite their best efforts, despite their intent, despite their starters' intensity, did not win. And it felt like one they left on the board because they were able to get control of this game twice and unable to finish it. The Orlando Magic fall to the Detroit Pistons 103-96, a game that, you know, I think, again, Coach Clifford hopes is a turning point, but one that it feels like he's said this message already before, and he's continuing to say it publicly, which I which I think fans should appreciate, and I hope the team appreciates it too, that he's willing to call them out a little bit uh, when they don't do what they're supposed to do. Now, we'll see how they respond, of course, Friday against a struggling Washington Wizards team. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's run through the final box score right now. The Orlando Magic, um, again, not playing a terrible game. Yeah, they they shoot 46%. That's actually better than Detroit. Detroit shot 41.1% from the floor. 9 for 27 from beyond the arc isn't great, but it'll do for this team, I think, in, in the long run especially if they're able to shoot the ball and move the ball effectively, which they were for a good chunk of this game. Evan Fournier with 27 points, 12 for 19 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. That's a solid game for Evan Fournier offensively. I I don't think you can ask for a ton more from him. I thought he was aggressive off the dribble, looked to get good shots, looked to kind of play within the offense. Maybe took an ill-advised 3 here or there, as, as players are wont to do. But... He, he, this was probably his best game of the year. Um, 
You know, Fournier walked off the court Monday after hitting the game-winning shot, not happy with how he played, feeling like he owed that shot to his team if, if, if he was going to get that opportunity, but that the game should have been over if he would have done his job earlier in the third quarter. Again, another period where the Magic had long offensive drought. When Fournier got back in the game, the Magic's offense did come alive, and I think that's a good thing. The only the only really thing you could complain about his game was four turnovers, which which was a struggle for the whole Magic team. They didn't have 18 turnovers. They had 20 in the game, and Detroit certainly took advantage of them. Like I said, Aaron Gordon with a really strong performance, 15 points, 7 for 15 shooting, not fantastic but good enough, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. He was good attacking the glass. I thought he did a good job on Blake Griffin. I know some people were criticizing his post-defense a little bit. Um, but Blake Griffin shot only 7 for 17 from the floor. scored 20 points. Um, you know, Gordon fouled him a little bit too much. He dealt with some foul trouble in the first half. But Gordon was playing really within the flow of the offense. He wasn't forcing much defense offensively. Uh, was taking good shots and was making them. Um, again, this is how you want Aaron Gordon to play. And those six assists are a really good sign that he's keeping the ball moving. And again... You could tell whether Gordon's going to have a good game or not, I think, a lot of times with how he's rebounding. He was active on the glass. He made it a point to get get on the glass. He was willing to bring the ball up and lead the fast break, willing to run. That's an energetic Aaron Gordon. He seems really determined uh, it, during the stretch of play, and, and I think the Magic are reaping some of the benefits of it if, if they can get some wins. Uh, DJ Augustin with 16 points, 6 for 10 shooting, 7 assists, no turnovers for him. Uh, solid game for DJ Augustin. Struggled a little bit with Reggie Jackson, especially at the end. Orlando's... Defense got ripped apart a little bit, but Reggie Jackson, 15 points, 5 for 11, shooting 1 for 6 from beyond the arc, 5 turnovers. Give D.J. Augustin credit for a good job there. Nikola Vucevic, 14 points, 6 for 14, shooting, missed all 3 of his 3-pointers, 9 rebounds, 4 turnovers, struggled with Andre Drummond a lot. This was not your typical Nikola Vucevic stat line among the starters. He had the lowest plus-minus. Again, say what you want about that stat. Uh, But... Vucevic, uh, not really the same guy, not really as involved. This just wasn't his game. Drummond, just not a good matchup for him. Now, let's talk about the bench. Terrence Ross led the way with 15 points, 6 for 12 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc. A typical Terrence Ross game. Probably took some ill-advised shots here and there. He's a little bit of a gunner off that bench, but someone's got to be because that bench doesn't have a lot of shooting right now. Uh, And, you know, he thrived in that role. He provided some good energy for the team uh, when they were playing well, but He's not a guy that's going to get him out of a slump when the Magic are going through a slump. Um, you know, a, a constant refrain that I saw on on social media after the game among Magic fans is, when is Clifford going to go back to his starters? He's going back to his starters too late. Um, he's got to start filtering those starters and when he senses the team struggling. And I, I tend to agree with that. I think that is something that he has to start doing and start considering. Um, but I will give Clifford a little benefit of the doubt here. He said earlier in the season that it probably takes about 12, 15 games to really settle in and get into a rhythm as a group. That's when you start maybe thinking about tinkering with the lineup a little bit if there are some problems. I think there are some clear problems. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, I do agree with the notion that right now, build your trust with your guys. Even if they're struggling, show that, hey, say, hey, I believe in you. I'm not going to leave you this early. I'm not going to panic. It's a short-term loss. That leads to a long-term gain. So I'm not, you know, while I, I think that there is some merit that maybe, yeah, you should go back to his starters a little bit sooner right now. You know, you got Nikola Vucevic playing 34 minutes, Evan Fortier playing 31 minutes, Aaron Gordon playing only 28 for foul trouble. There's room to give those guys more minutes. Um, but you don't want to go crazy quite yet. It's still very early in the season, um, even as we've rounded game 10. But the rest of the bench really struggled. 
outside of Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross scored 15 of the Magic's 20 bench points. Made six of their seven field goals. In fact, the bench unit went went one of 14. One of 14 from the floor. That's just not going to get the job done. The Magic are not going to be able to win games if their second unit during those second and fourth quarters are not able to, to score, to simply score. Um, their defense really suffered when they weren't able to score. They were kind of falling back into those traps of the old Magic, and, and you do worry, does that infect the rest of the roster? Does that hurt the rest of the ro- rest of the roster? And, you know, the Magic really struggled in these stretches. There's, there's no getting around it. The Magic really, really uh, were frustrated during these moments. And, yeah, it nearly cost them game in San Antonio. And nearly cost them the game against Cleveland. Nearly, and it certainly cost them this game against Detroit. So, Magic have to find a way to generate offense. Jaron Grant, 0 for 2, had 6 assists, which is nice. I would bet a bunch of those were to the starters. But, 2 turnovers, no points. Not going to work. Jonathan Simmons missed all 5 of his shots. Got to the line 3 for 4. That's good. The free throw line is your friend. The Magic need to get there more often. And honestly, the second part, part of the reason the Magic lost this game was free throws. Magic taking only nine free throws, seven of nine. Detroit, 18 of 20. That's 11 points that Detroit got free to make up the difference between shooting 41.1% and 46% for the game. You know, both teams shooting around 90 field goal attempts. That, that, that free throw disparity is absolutely huge and absolutely critical uh, for the Magic, and, and the Magic are the worst team at getting to the line in the entire league. That needs to change somehow. The Magic need to attack more and get to the foul line, and they're struggling to do that consistently. But Mo Bamba had the only other field goal make off the bench, two points. You're not really relying on him for offense. Jarrell Martin missed all five of his shots, and while I think his energy's been pretty good and pretty needed, he's not a scorer. The Magic really need Jaron Grant and Jonathan Simmons to step up their games a little bit. When when Jonathan Simmons is playing at a, at a good high level, which he was uh, Monday night, Magic are, are a really dangerous team off the bench. Um, that bench unit can bring the energy. They can bring bring that, that extra oomph to the team, and, and the Magic have relied on them to do that uh, throughout the season. But energy's not enough. you got to execute. you got to score. And, and Clifford seemed to intimate that, yeah, not everyone kind of knew where they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do. Um, attention to detail is absolutely critical. Uh, the Orlando Magic giving up 41.1% shooting, 11 for 37 from beyond the arc. Some, some stats of note. Langston Galloway hit all four of his three-pointers to score 12 points. Stanley Johnson, a poor three-point shooter, made three of six. Nothing you can do about that. Those were the two killers for the Magic from beyond the arc. Andre Drummond, 23 points, 19 rebounds, just doing Andre Drummond things. Blake Griffin, 20 points, but on 7 for 17 shooting, I thought, again, Aaron Gordon did a decent job on him as well as you could, keeping him on the perimeter, keeping him off the block for the most part. Had a couple of nice moves, but, you know, all-star caliber moves. I'm not going to be upset getting beat by that. Every Piston starter had a minus plus minus, led by Griffin and Drummond at minus 8. Every Pistons bench player had a plus minus above 15. So say what you want about that stat, but I think that tells you a good number about this game. The Orlando Magic two-game win streak is snapped. They fall to the Detroit Pistons 103-96. to They'll take on the Washington Wizards next at the Amway Center on Friday.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And so, Steve Clifford was asked a, a question about, you know, whether there were positives you could take away from this game. And I'll leave you to guess who who asked that question. I won't, I won't, I won't out him. But, um, you know, I think I think you could understand where that kind of a question might come from. And Clifford, you know, I think rightfully dismissed it hat in hand, saying. You know, when I was here beforehand and someone did something wrong, you, you told them about it. Everyone knew the responsibilities and, and the roles and the expectations of the team. I'm paraphrasing here. And if you needed to tell them and yell at them about it, you did it. And they took it and they absorbed it and they got better the next day. That's what good teams do. And so we saw Clifford's no-nonsense approach on display at the podium. Really, the kick in the butt that, that I think a lot of us have felt this Magic team has needed for some time. Whether Scott Scouts delivered it effectively, who knows? And, and certainly, it'll be a question if Clifford can deliver this effectively too. But he ended his press conference saying, you know, we're going to hold each other accountable. You know, if, I, if they're doing something wrong, I'm going to tell them. If, I'm doing, if they're, I'm doing something wrong, I want them to tell me. Very open, honest conversations, I think, are, are central to what Clifford wants to do. But the bottom line, the final analysis, if you will, is the Magic's bench sucked. That's that, that. Those were Steve Clifford's words. Our bench sucked. Certainly not playing at the level that the Magic will need to find success this year. And, you know, something we focused on and something we've talked about and, and pondered about here on the show is this this thing about culture. Now, Clifford has, has kind of defined culture as the people in your organization. Are they hard workers? Do they set the tone that you want them to set? And yeah, that is part of culture and, and that's how Clifford defines it. But I've often defined it as something different. To me, culture is what you do without thinking. What is the natural state of your organization? And for a basketball team, it's essentially what is your backbone? When everything else is going wrong, what can you rely on? Or when everything's going wrong, how do you react? For the last six years, I think a lot of us would say that when the magic face adversity, they crumble. And that's part of the broken culture the Magic are trying to fix. And, you know, a lot of us have tried to ask about, you know, how Clifford's dealing with maybe the scars of that lowered expectation. And Clifford's dismissed it. I don't, I, 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 I'll take him at his face that he doesn't believe in that, that every team is different. And there are guys that want to win, but, you know, we've been, I've been in that locker room and, and can, I can feel the, oh no, here we go again going on. And again, changing culture is also about fan culture, that, that the fans believe that games like Monday night can happen more often. That you're really never out of a game. 
And again, like I said, there are aspects about the way the Magic have developed over the first 11 games now that I really like. I do like that, except for the Charlotte game and the LA game, and, and maybe the Milwaukee game. That's 3 of 11, so maybe it's not as prevalent as I think. The Magic have shown some willingness to fight. To not give in, to not give up. That's a good place to start. Absolutely a good place to start. But it obviously takes a little bit more. It takes everyone pulling in the same direction. Everyone understanding their roles. Everyone understanding their responsibilities. And for worse right now, the Magic don't seem to be pulling all in the same direction quite yet. The Magic have guys who aren't where they're supposed to be. Clifford said it in his press conference, and I thought it was very odd that guys weren't in the right spots. Guys weren't running the right place. And that's why the Magic's offense stagnated so much. The biggest issue the Magic have honestly faced over the first 11 games is not a talent deficit. Yeah, maybe the Magic aren't the most talented team in the world. But Clifford's, Clifford's right to put expe- high expectations on what they can accomplish. No, the, the problem that the Magic have faced so far is lacking in attention to detail. That is essential to everything the Magic do from here on out. Is focusing on the game plan. Executing said game plan. and doing it at a high, intense level. That's a foundation. It's not culture, but it's a foundation to begin building upon. Because once you do that, then you can really start to grow. The Magic showed Wednesday night that they're getting there. It's, it's not perfect yet. It's, it's not all the way there. It, it, it's got hiccups in the road but that they won't get there unless they get there together with everyone doing their role, pulling their weight and and executing their game plan, understanding their game plan and fighting through it. And right now, it's inconsistent. Like I said, young teams are inconsistent. They don't really know what they're doing. They don't really know how to reach into those reserves every night and deliver the kind of games they need to deliver. It's absolutely true. And now it's Steve Clifford's job, as I think I've said before, to try and help this team understand that. And the bench is a problem. No doubt about it. I've got it loaded up here. The Magic's bench is 25th in the league, scoring 34.6 points per game. They're last in the league, shooting 38.5% from the floor. I shudder to think what their advanced stats look like. But I'm sure it's not good. And so, the magic have to find a way to start pulling 
back in this direction, of course. And Clifford sent a very clear message about what the expectations are for this team. Their expectations are to win. To play the right way, to play with the right intention, the right intensity, and to win at the end of the day. The Magic haven't had a coach call them out this publicly in a long time, probably since Van Gundy, to be honest. Maybe Skiles did at some point. Skiles was a little more underhanded, less direct. But the big question again is that very same question of culture that I asked before. How do you respond now, Magic? How do you respond? Do you come out with the fire and intensity on Friday? Or is it more of the same? More of the same inconsistency? More of the same, I wouldn't call it selfish play, but poor play. Non-aggressive passive play. How are you going to respond, Magic? Because this was one you left on the board. No offense to the Pistons, no offense to Detroit. The Magic, for a good chunk of this game, were the better team. By a wide margin. But they weren't able to bring it home. And so, they'll get another chance Friday night. That's the beauty of the NBA. But they don't get to have this one back. Maybe that's going to be the hardest lesson to learn. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. Tomorrow we'll have a preview of the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.